I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to Frank Film Club, the club for lovers and makers of film. I'm Maisie Williams. I am an actor and producer. I'm Lowry Roberts and I'm a filmmaker and producer. Hello, I'm Hannah Williams and I am a casting director. And welcome to our club. Take one. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Frank Film Club. I'm Lowry, and I'm here with my friends Hannah and Maisie. And this week, we decided to watch What We Do in the Shadows, which was written and directed by Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement in 2014. But first of all, guys, how are you both? Doing so good. Do you know what? What? What a pleasure to watch a comedy. We don't do a lot of comedies. Yeah, and we haven't done a mockumentary either. No. And I'm very happy about that. Great. Anything's been making you happy in particular at the moment? What's bringing joy to your life? Little puppy dog every day, every damn day, um, is bringing me joy and happiness. And yeah, just that really. It's been so gloomy and I've just been loving hot chocolate <laughs> I can't tell you girls it's the best I went and picked myself up a, a fresh batch yesterday <laughs> what do you use honestly I'm a heathen I literally just use like Cadbury's like <laughs> Cadbury's hot chalk it's it's so good I'm actually the same I got the galaxy one but it's like too yeah it's like not it the Cadbury one is Perfecto. Mm. I got given some good hot chocolate tips the other day, actually. Oh, yeah? I've been having a lot of conversation about hot chocolates. What, what are the tips? To go not for Cadbury's, which is what I do, and oh. instead go for, like, pure cocoa. Mix <gasps> it with a bit of water and then add your milk. Shout yeah, out to Helen Simmons, who uh, suggested that. <laughs> See, that sounds like a commitment. You're getting a pan dirty. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. What, you do yours in? A mug. (laughs) (laughs) Hot water, bit of milk. Jobs are good and love it. (laughs) Well, anyway, on that note, (laughs) get your hot chocolates ready, guys, because we're about to dive in. (laughs) Strap in. Yeah, strap in for what's about to be a great chat. This week, we watched What We Do in the Shadows, which, as I mentioned earlier, was written and directed by Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement. It premiered at Sundance Film Festival in 2014. The film is about a group of vampires who live in a house together and it's basically just a mockumentary about them tackling the very mundane parts of life and vampire life. The film stars Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement as well as their friends Johnny Bruh and Stuart Rutherford. So guys, what did you think? Well, I absolutely love a mockumentary. I think it's so hard to do well. And I'm not going to lie, I think the first 20 minutes or so, I was like, and then I was like, okay. I really, really got into it and I really enjoyed it. And I thought it was amazing. So I'm excited to hear what you both thought of it because I can imagine this is something that is like 
sorry, don't get it or love it. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed watching this film. And I wanted to ask you both kind of, because like when I was watching it, I was like, one, I feel like I'm getting FOMO of them filming it because like they look like they're having so much fun and I wish that I could be there and I was thinking of you (laughs) Hannah because I know you suffer with the FOMO every now and then and then two I there's like a bit where it's kind of scary um but it's like I found it really really humorous and and they're just being spooky and I was thinking like oh is Lowry scared like I was thinking of both of you the whole time when I was watching it which bit is scary well it's kind of just like when the guy goes in and he's not been turned into a vampire yet and they chase him all the way around the house and he goes in the different rooms and then yeah I love uh, yeah that but that part well I don't know Lowry was scared (laughs) no I wasn't I was I was laughing actually at that point (laughs) (laughs) but I like that you thought I might be scared but yeah I mean I guess it it was a bit uh it was a bit jumpy you know but (laughs) coming up yeah no it was funny I think um I think as I was watching I've thought that this would be like a horror comedy but it's not it's just a comedy just funny just a good just a good good time all round. yeah I did have FOMO um you know me too well and to be honest we're, we're, we're gonna speak about another film next week which I've already watched and I got FOMO for that filmmaking process as well it's like a common theme they just look like they had so much fun and I think you can only make something like this that is like so pure and full of loads of different funny quips if it's like a friendship wouldn't it be funny if you did it wouldn't it be fun I can just imagine all of that you know so true well on that actually I'll let you into a few facts about the filmmaking process they originally pitched it in Hollywood and as soon as they said that it was vampires and as soon as they said that it didn't they didn't have room for a star cast like it had to be their mates in New Zealand who were starring in it the producers who they were pitching to were just like no and also improvisation was a massive part of the film they made a script but they never showed it to the actors just said like this is what you've got to get out of this scene start with this yeah you've got to have done this by the end um and they never saw the script so it it did sound like a lot of fun also like pretty wild and probably an editing nightmare in the end because i think they shot about 150 hours of footage um because it was just so improv based did you say 150 hours? Uh, yeah. Wow. Yes, I did. Yeah. Making a film in this way isn't something that companies are like structured to do. And like even me and Lowry, the work that we do, um, it would be kind of intimidating if someone brought this to us because like as a producer, there's like certain things you want to control and want to know and want to make sure that you can get. And and you have to just be able to trust in those people. And if you're not willing to do that and you're, you know, that, you know that's too difficult to do because um, it's not a produced... Well, I don't know. I don't feel like it's a producer that makes this film. It is. It's the it's the creators and the writers, the directors, and the and the cast. It's so down to them. So it's like it couldn't have been this movie had it been like structured and like produced through like a traditional route. Like it had to be born from their minds. Yeah, absolutely. And well, with films that they'd done before, they had gone through the New Zealand Film Commission which is like the equivalent of our BFI which is like public money and then they do a lot of script development beforehand but they wanted it to be a bit like a documentary and they wanted it to be so improv based that they knew that that script development wasn't what they wanted or needed and so they ended up getting private funding so that they could just go for it and 
yeah, go wild. But they, there has to be so much trust in the filmmakers for that, which is, um, I, I don't know who financed it in the end, but yeah, you've kind of, you've got to trust them a lot. But at that point, Taika had already been nominated for an Oscar for one of his short films. Um, yeah, Two Cars, One Night. So I'm guessing with that, these whoever financed it were like, okay, we'll trust you. You might get to this, but was there a short film of this? Yeah, there was a, it was 27 minute short film, which I don't think they really put out very much, uh, but they did that as kind of a proof of concept first. What happened in the short film? It's all quite similar. Three main characters still. They don't have another edition. It's more just them, like literally just them going about their life and going around Wellington. Way less... uh, special effects. I was going to just ask when that came out and because it's just really interesting like to think about how long they've been thinking of all these hilarious one-liner jokes for the vampires and like little things the vampires do from its inception to when they made the film. I think it came out in 2005 I think or 2004 so it's been like it was like 10 years before the film then came out so it was that was a really long process and they made a lot of things in between I believe I'm just imagining them all being friends and like the only thing that they've spoken about for the last 10 years are vampires (laughs) (laughs) every time they get together they're just chatting about vampires and then they finally make the thing it's like just a real project of love that they just kept coming back to. Yeah, because then it got made into a into a series, into an American TV show. Yeah, exactly. Because like when this film came out, it was like vampire madness. I guess there was like True Blood and Twilight and I don't know. It was having a moment, I guess, around that time. Um, but the concept is just so good that, yeah, I love that they're making it, making it a show. I thought the um, TV show was British because it's all British actors. No, it, it's American and... Oh, wow. So it's set in America and I I listened to Taika and Jermaine talking about it and these people were like, so why did you feel like you wanted to set this um, the series in America? And they were like... Well, the producers are Ameri- the people who financed it are Americans, so like we kind of had to do it in America, <laughs> and that's why. <laughs> great, great answer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did you say anything about why they're all British accent? Because it's are they? Sp- I, I've I've not seen the series. I wonder what accent, or are they all speaking in like Count Dracula accents? I think some of them are um, British in it. I think it is a, a mixture of different people and it's meant to be like within the same world that the film was in, but it's just whole different characters. I really need to see it as some of my favorite British comedy actors, um, Natasha Dimitrio, I just find so funny. Matt Berry, obviously, Kevin Novak. Mm-hmm. But after watch, I never thought that it'd really be my bag, but after watching this, the film, I'm like, yeah, I need to get on that as soon as possible. It sounded like the um it sounded like both Taika and Jermaine were quite quite done with this whole concept <laughs> it's nearly been 20 years I guess now wow yeah yeah it, it sounds very much like they were like we've we've been doing this for a long time let's move on do you know what he is actually a bit of a vampire because he doesn't look 20 years older now than what he did then he's aged very well so maybe he is a vampire well I guess that's from the short film but yeah agree oh yeah that's true Oh yeah, that was only 10 <laughs> But still, agree. Well guys, I wanted to know what are some of your favourite parts of the film? Specifics. Specifically. 
specifically? Well, I feel like broadly, (laughs) (laughs) specifically, I really liked how they included the werewolves um, and that kind of nod to Twilight because I I thought it was equally as funny and like the parts of like being a wolf that they like picked up on and like each of them being like we don't sniff our own balls like we sniff each other's <laughs> I thought it was really jokes and it's like um I don't know it's just clever writing I guess well not even clever writing I guess it's just like clever improvisation but I like the inclusion of the wolves you said earlier Maisie about it being like a real vampire boom at the time this came out which was like perfect timing I didn't really I didn't really watch any of the vampire stuff but it makes sense now why even more so why it's so funny maybe I need to watch that stuff um specifically for me I gotta say (laughs) anything where they start flying I was like (laughs) (laughs) oh same I've got a great it's so good it's so awkward and like (laughs) it's just it's just so funny I also really really loved um Nick I just thought what a fantastic character he was and I thought the guy who plays him Corey was just amazing yeah I I've really got to agree on that I think it was like the stunts and when they started flying those are the bits that got me every time (laughs) and at first actually with Corey I was a bit I wasn't on board with him at first and was like, oh my gosh, they've literally just got this guy off the street to start like acting in the film. And then he like became the main character basically towards the end. And I, I think with mockumentaries in general, like you just have to be on board. And I think once I, I was on board, I was like, oh yeah, no, he's actually really funny. Yeah, the bit where he's in the supermarket and he like switches his face real quick. And <laughs> it's like, don't lie about shapeshifting. <laughs> At that point, I think I actually did yeah. have a fright. Oh no. <laughs> I think that's it though, isn't it? Like with any mockumentary, you really just have to, like there's a level of like just buying into the world. And as soon as you're in it and you forget, oh God, that's a bit silly, then it becomes like the right humor that it needs to be. Yeah. I just I just think like that description of like what you thought about Nick there, Lowry, is like exactly what I love with good casting. Where it's so unassuming and you don't think there's anything interesting about them. They could be like literally anyone and then you're like, oh my God, look at this character. On that, I actually really loved the police officer. Oh, I really liked her. Yeah. She was really, really funny. I, yeah. I wanted her to be in it more actually. Yeah, she was funny. I think on that, with the humour, I think going in, I was so... I had such high expectations just because I know a lot lot of Taika's work already and I'm a big fan of that work and I'd been meaning to watch this film for so long and I'd heard so many good things about it and I'd read the premise, which is also just, like, sounds hilarious. But I think I went in with such high expectations and potentially had something so fixed in my mind of what it was that at first I was like, oh, I don't know. Um, but can conclude that by the end, I'm like I was like on board and happy. Yeah, it's like one of those things that you have to like let go of your like sensible brain a little bit, and it's like hard to do because like we always watch films and we want to analyze them and we want to make a, like a podcast episode. We want to know what we want to say about it, and you're kind of like having that running through your head as you're watching something. And with something like this, like you have to just let go. It's just different viewing experience when, yeah, to like sitting around with your friends versus like watching it and like knowing we're going to do it on on like film club. Like for a film like this, you kind of got to let go. I've, I actually worked on a mockumentary 
a, a while ago, a few years ago now, and um, I think it is such a hard thing to do. I think people think that it's easy or like, oh, we're just, you know, but it's not, it's really, really hard. And I think a lot of it comes down to the chemistry and the dynamics between people because it's improvisation based. I didn't realise how heavily improvised this was, actually. I was quite surprised. Especially because they got the stunts and stuff. Like, surely they know when they're going to do certain things, right? <laughs> That's true. I, I guess with the stunts, they must have... Like, they will have known that they were coming in. and Because they would have had harnesses on and everything. Yeah. But, but it just goes to show, you know, what you said earlier about how long it's taken them to make this and them getting together and, like, you know, trying to think of loads of different things that, that would be funny to put in it the way that they work together is what makes it amazing. Do you guys think that there was any kind of commentary or underlying message with the film? I was really trying to sort of do that, but I I don't think that I picked up... Well, I definitely didn't pick up on it, but I rarely do, so... (laughs) I was going to say, no. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I also wasn't really sure if it if it did and maybe that was also why I was like well I don't really get the point I then looked into it a bit more and it's like very vaguely to do with just like outcasts and people in marginalized um communities who and like the fact that they're in, it's these vampires in New Zealand it's because they've been like pushed to the very end of the world and they're so isolated and it's yeah kind of about that um in like a very satirical silly way yeah, well, it's funny that you should say that because when I was watching it, um, I was like worried about some of the comedy, didn't want to get offended. Um, uh, and other than, I think I heard like the F slur. But other than that, I actually felt like it was a really, really funny thing and it didn't ostracize like any like people. And maybe that's because like the root of the film is about that it's like a you've got an undercurrent that these people are the outcasts or like the marginalized group um and I just really like that I think it's just clever when people can make something that's really funny without separating a whole group from the joke and they're actually just like physically being very funny and and yeah they're yeah their jokes were just clever and they weren't cheap shots and I liked it I did have a question about something in it so um vampires they have no reflection, they couldn't see themselves, but they were on webcam. Is that different? Like, because they couldn't take pictures, they had to like draw each other before their night out, which was hilarious. But they they couldn't take photos of each other, but they were, he was on webcam and he could see himself. Could they not take photos? Well, that's why they were drawing. Oh. I thought it was just because of the mirror that they were drawing each other. They defo could have, well, I don't know, should have taken a selfie. But the taking a selfie isn't as funny as drawing pictures of each other before you go on a night out. <laughs> Imagine. I was watching him drawing that image when they were like we were first doing the little fashion thing, and I was thinking, why is he drawing? Have I missed something about this character? And then piecing together because they can't look at the mirror, I was just like, yeah, it was. That was a really funny moment. It really tickled me. The other thing that I really loved was the reenactment. You know, with the um, with the werewolves in the middle and it's black and white and a stew getting eaten by the werewolves and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, that, that did crack me up, actually. <laughs> <laughs> also, I've got a theory about stew. This might be, like, glaringly, obviously, to, to you. But um, were they trying to say that, like, stew could mix with all these people because he's a software analyst and he's dead inside? Oh! <laughs> 
<laughs> I love that theory. I I kind of love it if that was it. That would make sense. Because they were playing him to be like so deadpan and like boring. Yeah. So were they trying to say like... He can vibe with us because <laughs> there's nothing going on. That would make sense. <laughs> yeah, I love that theory. Um, on that, what do you... What, what like horror creature do you think you guys would have been? If you were attending that party at the end... What would you be? Depends what day of the week you ask me. Yeah. Today. I don't know, like a lizard thing shedding its skin. Is that one of those things? I don't know. (laughs) Was there rules to what they all were? It's like the undead. So it's like zombies, witches. Oh, oops. um, Wolves, vampires. I think I would be, um, I'd probably be a bat because I'm batshit crazy. (laughs) I guess. I think a vampire would be fun. Wouldn't it be such a relief if you couldn't see your reflection? Oh, such a relief, yeah. Could see yourself on Zoom, though, looking at myself right now. <laughs> I was just going to ask, because I really like Tyker's work as well, where does this sit amongst all of his other work? What came next for him? So, Tyker had done two feature films before this, Um, as well as quite a lot of shorts, one of them being the one that was nominated for an Oscar, then got the funding to finally make this as a feature. So he had done quite a few, and the the other two, that was Eagle versus Shark and Boy, which um, are both very different to this, but still like very humorous and quite lovely, really. And then what about the um, Into the... What's it called? The Wilderness one? Hunt for the Wilder People. yeah. That was a bit after this. I think that was the first film I saw of his. So good. I love the little kid in that. I did read somewhere that once they finished this film, because they'd independently financed it, they really struggled to distribute it. And it was, um, it kind of like lived on the internet um, and had like a cult following, but it couldn't get proper distribution. So they Kickstarter raised like one of the largest, at the time, like the largest sum raised by a Kickstarter for like film distribution. Um, And then they distributed it themselves. Um, And now it's become this like iconic film, uh, like, yeah, yeah, quotable, memeable movie. Um, But it once kind of, once upon a time, wasn't even going to get seen by anyone which is kind of fun. I love the power of the internet like that. Yeah, that's so mad. I wonder if it then went to Sundance afterwards. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm actually not sure. I can't remember what it said on this this uh, thing that I was reading. Um, but I really love stories like that because you look at Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement and the whole crew, really, and all of the work that they've done since and, like, the Marvel movies and the Oscar nominations and... I feel like he's kind of like a zeitgeist for like his director peers, you know, um, in terms of just like making, having such a unique style. Um, and it's, I think it's just really inspiring for people who don't have an in to the industry when you hear about, when you hear stories of this, when, you know, it, I'm not sure saying it should be like this, where it's like impossible to get something that's original and incredible made but I think for for a lot of people who don't have an into the industry it is it's an inspiring story to hear 
Yeah, for sure. It's so nice to see somebody who's got such a legacy now and understand that and look through their IMDb and see that they've worked on all these shorts and that it took such a long time because sometimes it does feel like people come out of nowhere and we're just, you know, muddling through, like trying to make the the work that we want to make. So, yeah, I was really like pleasantly... I didn't realise all of this stuff about Taika. I just saw his big films and now this one and looking through his IMDb, I was like, wow. It's really good to see. Yeah, I think for any upcoming um, filmmakers, it's so worth looking at, watching videos and interviews of Taika. He's a very inspiring person. Also great fun to watch. Um, but he, yeah, is very much just like, do what you want to do. And like, that's what's going to make you happy at the end of the day. I, I did have the opportunity to chat with him at the Met Gala. And he... I said to him, I, I well, I asked him, I asked, like, how do you balance kind of like your creative projects with like the bigger kind of Marvel things? Because in my head, like that's got a lot of control around it. And like, you know, it's not a free expression kind of thing. Um, but he said like he's just been waiting so long for like a big break. And now that he's in this position, he's like, I am never going to stop. Like I want to do every opportunity that comes to me and like you know it's an opportunity to do like what he likes and so I think it's clear that um he does like his best work no matter what the project is whether it's something from his own mind or part of like a bigger franchise um so I think that that's really inspiring to kind of finish off then do you guys have do you guys have any recommendations on other films of Taika's to watch or yeah what any favorites or any ones that you want to watch Oh, I do love Hunt for the Wilder People. And it's like, I feel like that's way more of a Frank film vibe. Um, but yeah, I love I love that movie. Yeah. Jojo Rabbit, I think, is just class. So good. Um, just such an interesting tone to it. And I just love the cast. So I'm going to have to say that. Even though sometimes I'm like, I don't want to say the most popular one, but it is that. Sorry about it. Well, I wouldn't say it's the most popular because he's gone on to do Thor. So I think you're still pretty edged saying that, Han. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> no, I'd agree. I think um, Jojo Rabbit is hilarious and also such a good way of tackling a topic that has been tackled many times before, but in a whole new light, you know? Never quite as head-on like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's amazing as Hitler <laughs> he's so funny I love how often he's in his own films yeah and he's great um I'm also really excited to go to watch Boy which was one of his first films which is about um this kid in New Zealand who's obsessed with Michael Jackson and it looks really sweet and hilarious so maybe we should all watch that and discuss again Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Now it's time for In In the the Club. Welcome back to In The Club. This is the part of the show where we get questions from you, our lovely audience. And so I'm going to kick it off with a question from TV TV. TV says, Tyker slash Jermaine are cultural heroes in New Zealand. Why do you think this wasn't well received at first? I didn't actually realise it wasn't well received at first. No, nor did I. Well, they were already like big in the game. You know, Flight of the Concords came before this and everything. So I, yeah, no, I'm confused at that. Yeah, that is a bit confusing. Is it not well received as in like by critics? I feel like maybe, maybe she means in in New Zealand. I don't don't know. But then if it is in New Zealand, maybe it's because they're like taking them there. I mean, is it perhaps like a little Britain thing? That's just like straight up racist, but it's like absolutely not a fan despite them being supposed, like, I don't really even want to liken these guys to uh, Taika and Jermaine. So I'm just going <laughs> to stop right there. But then that is true. If it, if um, they're meaning like critics, then I feel like that's kind of obvious why they wouldn't, why critics wouldn't like it because they're snobs usually. <laughs> yeah. I feel like something like this really has to find its audience as well because it's quite, not niche, but um, a specific sense of humor for sure like you have to get real silly with it like you do have to just have fun and if you're trying to like approach it with anything else then you're probably not going to have a good time Mm. well it's their loss exactly (laughs) chris the sith our guy chris he says um besides money of course what inspired them to make this movie into a tv show well i actually don't have the answer but i imagine it's just like Right now, anything that's kind of like a cultural phenomenon slash moment is kind of getting getting taken and revamped. Vamp. <laughs> no pun intended. Aya. <laughs> I imagine just because it's really good fun. Um, yeah. And if this was like yours that you'd sort of been sat on for a while and someone approached you to be like, do you want to turn it into a longer running TV show? It's like very flattering and I guess it's no loss to to Jermaine and Tyka. I feel like the film is so jam-packed with like references and um, puns. There's so much you can elaborate, which I didn't even realise until I watched this film. There's so much that you can riff off for these characters that there's a lot of places that you could go with it. So I think there was a lot more material. And, and also they were working on it for so long before they made this feature. So they probably had a lot, and they had loads of stuff that they hadn't added together. I know, obviously, it's a completely different thing, but... Yeah, how many hours of footage was it again, Lowry? Do you remember? 150. I mean, there's just so much more to explore. And also, I think if some, like, big American producers just come to you with saying, we want to give you a load of money to redo something that you've already done, then you'd probably be like, yes, sweet. (laughs) I'll take it. (laughs) Yeah, nice one. Thanks. (laughs) 
Another one from TV TV. Um, what do you think about the 150 pages of script not ever being shown to the cast and crew? I just feel like it would have been so entertaining as like a cast and crew every day to just be like, I have no idea what we're going to do next. And I just think it's like such a fun, just sets such a fun premise for the whole shoot. But you can't do that for everything. I mean, but for this. I just think it would have been brilliant every day. What if you'd done like with a project like this, you have like a reverse read through. So you go through the whole filming process and you do everything that <laughs> like they plan, but obviously everything like changes as people start to improvise. And then at the end, they do a read through of what is meant to be. What, how many hours did you say was actually shot? 150? I oh, know. Oh, no, 127. 125. 125 hours was shot. How many pages was the script? 150. That's mad. Why would you even bother writing the whole thing? Like, just do a structure of what the storyline is going to be rather than writing a script because that's dialogue. And if you're not... Well, I think that's kind of what it was, though. And that's why they didn't go out to development funding. It's because they, like, hadn't... They were just like... (laughs) They were like, no one's going (laughs) to... Can you describe your plot in 400 words or less? No. (laughs) And I won't. (laughs) Yeah. That also must have been such good fun for Taika and Jermaine because I wonder how often someone just took it a completely different direction to what they'd expected, even with their direction. And then they were like, that's actually great. (laughs) Do you know what? Um, I did watch an interview with Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clemens and same thing that I feel with quite a few like creative people that I really admire. I'm talking about Taika Waititi now. He, he I, uh, he's just, I don't know if you've seen him in an interview, but he's so sarcastic and dry. And it feels like him and Jermaine have like loads of inside jokes. And I feel like that's, this is maybe just a, a massive inside joke for them. And everyone else has no idea what's going on. And they're just like, yeah i think it is they're like the kanye west of like filmmaking they believe just believe in what they're doing so much that they can just be like this is how it's gonna be we're gonna make something great and like people are gonna love it and they just like keep going and they're like okay we can't do development funding right we'll just have to like kickstarter it ourselves like I just kind of rate that. We need some of that confidence, girls. <laughs> yeah. And another incredible one from TV TV. The hill where they fight the werewolves is the same hill as where Frodo runs from the Black Rider in Lord of the Rings. I can't even think when he runs from the Black Rider in Lord of the Rings. Doesn't he run from them quite a few times? <laughs> Maybe he's just keep running up the same hill. <laughs> On loop. <laughs> continuity error (laughs) they do that thing where they start at the top of the hill and he runs up and then they go back to the bottom of the hill and then they (laughs) shoot it again (laughs) change move a tree to the left (laughs) for three films (laughs) um i haven't seen lord of the rings sorry (gasps) oh my god i've seen it so many times but obviously not enough times because i can't think of what this hill is it's quite a specific thing to remember. <laughs> Fair play to TV TV, how, how you know that. Maybe that's just like a <laughs> New Zealand fact to know. Yeah, it's a good fact. Another fun fact from Frankie FM. Apparently the exterior shots at the vampire house used to be Peter Jackson's office. That's so mad. I wonder if they like know each other and he lent it out or something or if that's just pure coincidence. 
Oh, so they're not the same spot. I just thought it would be all one house. But the ex- that house is kind of like spooky looking. I mean, I don't know where I imagined like Peter Jackson's office to be, but I didn't really expect that. I don't think that's a real fact, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah, because in the thing that I listened to, they were sort of joking about the fact that they stole loads of things from Peter Jackson. He's the Hobbit director, right? And Lord of the Rings, yeah. And they were joking about stuff like that. So I feel like, because isn't it like a really like over the top spooky, spooky house? Yeah. I feel like that's a joke. Like that's probably in an interview somewhere and it's a joke, but it's not real. I mean, I might be wrong, but... (laughs) I literally imagine them being like, how many times can we pretend that we've done something like with Peter Jackson's house, with Peter Jackson's office, like in each interview. We've just stolen from him. It's quite a fun bingo thing to do if you're doing a lot of press interviews, like fair play to them. That's so true. I wonder how many facts in general that we've been reeling off are actually just bullshit from them (laughs) being like, ha, they think just because we're from New Zealand, like we're obviously cousins with Peter Jackson. Um... (laughs) Yeah, I do wonder. Those tricksy boys. Oh, what they like. <laughs> what they like. Another question from Cecilia Karlovic. Um, They've asked, had you seen many mockumentaries prior to this? I feel like I've seen one that I really like and I can't remember it. I can only remember the classics. Oh, the, um, I guess it's sort of a mockumentary, The Two Popes. Wait, the one, the new one? The one that came out just like 2019, 2020. It's like, it's, you can't really call it a mockumentary because like, it's not that funny. It's shot as if it's a documentary about these two popes and their like meeting and being like, what happened to the Catholic Church. It's really good. It's really, really good. Oh, I'll have to watch it. With Jonathan Price, is it? Jonathan Price and I can't remember the other actor's name. Oh, Anthony, um, the Welsh one. <laughs> We're on first name basis. Anthony Hopkins. Yes. Lol, I, that's so funny. I couldn't remember Anthony Hopkins' name. <laughs> <laughs> like probably like the most famous actor I'm like yeah that act that really niche actor that I just can't name slip my mind it's quite underground <laughs> um that makes me want to watch that I I really didn't think it was that you gotta watch it it's real good that's a good one then other than that I feel like Bora Bruno those uh yeah yeah I watched uh the film of people just do nothing oh yeah oh my god yeah love that that's really funny i like that show but i've not seen the film it's it's quite good it's on sky i liked it i just love the characters though it's a good laugh mockumentaries are actually good they're such a good promise well done humans for thinking of that that is real that's something oh my god a mockumentary that i saw that i absolutely loved and i feel like not that many people have seen it is the one with andy samberg where he's like being like justin bieber what is that? Yeah, oh, that one's a really good one. Is it called Popstar? That, I was l- laughing. I i don't really like lol when I watch things, but that was another level. It just felt really unexpected. I just didn't think that I was going to find it that funny. Oh, I'm going to have to give that a watch. Yeah, that one's actually a really good one. Ron will love it too. Well, this has been a very enjoyable chat, gals. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. What are your final thoughts? I... I... 
You go, Hannah. I literally have just cut you off every no. opportunity. I think, right, me and you, cut, just, we love to cut. Like, I cut everyone up, <laughs> literally, all the time. So you go. I could see you were ready to talk and I went, eh. <laughs> So you go. <laughs> didn't even have anything to say, eh. just wanted. No, I didn't. Eh. Dickhead. Go on. <laughs> I was really pleasantly surprised by this film. I think that it's so different from all the films that we have watched on Film Club before. Um, And I just think that it's like Taika and Jermaine doing exactly what they do best. Um, And so I found it really enjoyable. And I'm intrigued to watch all of the kind of spin-offs and to sort of see where this whole franchise goes because it is a very funny premise for a story. and just really well done. Yeah, I did. I didn't think I was gonna like this as much as I liked it actually. And now I really want to watch a series because I love Natasia Dimitrio so much. But I think mockumentaries are a bit of an art form, and I think it's so easy to get them wrong. You have to have a very specific um, sense of humor and developed characters for like people to to have stuff to riff off a great choice uh, yet again Lowry good stuff why thank you I I actually when I first watched this was not fully on board with it and then did loads of research about it got to know got to know Tyka and Jermaine a bit more my mates and now I like really like it and find it hilarious but it like took me a minute to get on board with it which is weird but I'm there. Well, maybe that's why the it wasn't as well received at the start. That's true. It is when you just have to, like, not... Like, you just have to let it go. Just, like, give in to the comedy. I think you might be right there, huh? Just got to let loose a little. Oh, live a little, girls. You have. You've just got to let loose. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed it, then please make sure that you give us a five-star rating um, because we really like it. (laughs) Next week, we're going to be chatting about the 2022 film Fresh, which came out earlier this year on Disney+. It was written by Lauren Kahn and directed by Mimi Cave. Um, and I think in the US it's on Hulu so go and have a watch it stars Daisy Edgar Jones and Sebastian Stan and we are lucky enough to be joined by Daisy also so go and have a watch it's our last film of the series so we hope that you enjoy it see you next week bye bye This podcast was presented by Wrapped. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.